Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every great conversation happens. And I'm super stoked because I have one of my favorite authors on the show tonight, who I have been waiting to talk to, Stephen Joseph. Welcome. How are you doing? Well, thanks for having me. I'm doing great today. Guys, I have been waiting to talk to Stephen Joseph individually. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background because you know how I like to do. I like to give a little bit and then let you talk to the author themselves and try not to totally geek out like I did when I had Russell on the show because that's one of my other favorite authors. Um, there's some people that they could put out any content and I'm just going to gobble it up and Stephen's one of them and you're going to learn why. So Stephen Joseph is a first-generation American, son of a Holocaust survivor, a masterful attorney. And let me warn you all right now, he's a talker, but not just any talker. He's very engaging. And so sit back and get ready for a show because there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to enjoy it. I have listened and watched a lot of Stephen's talks and been on many, many platforms and he's very, very engaging and hilarious. One thing I thoroughly enjoy seeing while stalking, in a good way, Stephen's content online is his beautiful cityscapes and numerous marathons he's run. How many is it now, Stephen? 55. Gee, many Christmas. Uh, I, I can't even run to my car. I'm stumbling uh -huh. over something. <laughs> So guys, I've talked to Stephen many times through the BookFest Jingle Books, which is coming in December. So make sure you mark your calendars and Beachbound Book Bums. Um, say that three times and you're going to stumble over your words. But now I get his undivided attention. Well, uh, we'll see about that because Stephen likes to um, get us all around a twist with his wonderful words and his books, which are extremely engaging. But he's got a sharp sense of humor, and his books are just as witty as he is. So welcome to the show, and I'm excited to talk to you about your books, and I know the audience is going to have a great time hearing about Cranky Superpowers. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, it's, it's a fun book. So why cranky superpowers because a lot of people don't think it's a superpower a lot of so i will tell you a lot of people go cranky and they're like i don't want to talk to that i don't want to talk about crankiness why that well i i first of all i get cranky and um <laughs> it's, that's one thing uh and uh, uh it, this is my second cranky adult book my first one was the grown-up guide to effective crankiness the crankosaurus method so this is Cranky Superpowers, Life Lessons Learned from the Common Crankosaurus Chronicles. So uh, I know in my own life from cranky moments, uh, basically uh, 
things happen. Think wonderful things have happened in my life, including writing books. Uh, uh, so uh, th that, that's that's been a big thing uh, from those cranky moments uh, in, that I kind of got around. And um, I find in, in the stories, I was able to create a lot of different uh, characters or even redo old characters and tell new stories using those old characters to show how they discover their, their cranky superpower. And it's always from a cranky kind of moment that they had to overcome something. So like Cinderella. So I, I redo Cinderella and um, the fairy godmother doesn't come with the dress and the carriage and, you know, all the wonderful stuff. She has a megaphone and uh, Cinderella starts talking. It's a me megaphone. The prince hears her and then they end up getting together. But it's her voice is discovering her voice again from that cranky moment. Yeah. Uh, wanting to go to the ball and, and living with those three stepsisters, Razy, Stacy, and Tracy, Rapunzel. And, and they're always saying, my hair is so shiny. My hair is so silky. My hair is so long. You know, so stuff like that, you know, you have to deal with And they have to, she had to clean out the hair from the, the, the sink all the time in the bathtub. Yeah, it was, it was which terrible. is always fun. It's always the highlight of the ball, right? Cleaning out the yes. hair from the sinks. <laughs> so do you, let me just ask you, do you narrate your own audiobooks? Because I've tried to do your voice when reading one of your books and I've lost mine. No, I, I really loved uh, the person who did, uh, Nick Santasir did the audiobook for both. I loved what he did the first one and uh, and he's done the second one. I, I have to say there there are parts like, oh, I wanted to do that. Uh, what I really loved in the first one is that when I listened to him reading it, it I, I could listen to it and it doesn't even sound like I wrote it. It was like a third person. It just, and even stuff that um, I felt like, eh, you know, I'm not, it's, you know, it's like when you write things, it's over time and, uh, you really loved it when you wrote it, but now it's like, eh, I'm not so crazy about it. But then I listened to him and I'm cracking up. So, yeah. So I went with him again. I do have to say that there are some stories here because it's, some of it's Jewish. And, and I just like, I like to get into the characters. Uh, so, and like, oh, I wish I, I was doing the voice and some things, but overall, he did a great job. So I'm happy. Yeah. So going back to what you do in your, I guess you would call it your daytime job, a lawyer. Some people wouldn't think that a lawyer could create such vivid, fun characters because in a lot of people's minds, when they think of lawyers, they think a straight edge straight to the point, but your characters are not, they are so alive. Now everyone knows that I've read and reviewed a lot of your books and even my dog Elvis has done page flips. I mean, we, we thoroughly enjoy them in this household. So, I mean, I don't look at your books and I think lawyer. So how did that transition come for you? 
Uh, well, being a lawyer, <laughs> and, and the thing is, I, I'm a, not only I'm a lawyer, I've been a lawyer for 37 years. So uh, wow. uh, I, I'm 62. And I don't look 62, which I'm happy I like no. to brag about. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, <laughs> I, I take good care of myself. But uh, but the, the thing is, when you're a young lawyer, you're kind of learning and, you're, you know, and, and now I'm the older lawyer. And in my eyes, just like three, four times a day, I manage other lawyers and my eyes just roll out of my head three, four times a day. So, and I get cranky and, uh, and I deal with people like I, I explain in my book, going to law school, the first, first year of law school, they, they teach you how to get on people's nerves. The second year of law school, you learn how to rub people the wrong way. And the third year of law school, you learn how to get underneath people's skin. And then when you could do all three at the same time, you're a lawyer. So, <laughs> so if you can imagine surrounding yourself with that kind of personality, like many people, that's and some of them really get under my nerves and under my skin. And uh, uh, it, it creates opportunity. Uh, and then I, I find like it's easier to laugh about the stuff than than uh, to cry or to just get frustrated. So so humor is 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 just you know like the the uh, the antidote to any kind of stuff you have to deal with. What what gave you that attitude in life? Because that had to come from somewhere in your life that concreted you into thinking, okay, I can take this this crazy, horrible, or heavy thing, and I can let it take me down, or I can find humor in it and create this wonderful life? I, I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of in my DNA. I was telling, I, I was actually, uh, I went, ran a marathon on Sunday, New York City Marathon, and uh, mm -hmm. I met my daughter, and she had a new boyfriend. So we went out for, like, kind of lunch afterwards, and I don't know what was the question, but I was talking about when I was a little kid, I, I got attempted mugged three times in two days. Oh and, and then the, 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 I'll tell you two of the three, no, nobody took any money from me. But the first, first time we were coming out from like uh, the, the uh, shopping center and I had my ice cream cone and these guys surrounded me and the friends and they wanted our money. And I, I go, I didn't have money, but you could have a lick of my ice cream cone. And the guy didn't, I guess he didn't want to lick of my ice cream cone. He stuffed, stuffed in my air. So I had this ice cream cone sticking out of my air. And then the next day, again, we're coming out of shopping center and a different group of muggers uh, surrounded us and they wanted our money. And I was didn't have ice cream. I had my orange drink. Oh, but, my God. You know, it's just like whatever, no orange juice and it's just orange drink, a lot of sugar in it. And I said, well, you could have a sip of my orange drink. And he took and he poured it over my head. And then they went away and my, my friends were terrified. And I was like cracking up. I, th I thought this was really, really funny. Uh, you know, it's like scary. Uh, I write in my, my blog, I, like I look back and, and uh, uh, I wrote my my blog uh, Bat Day Crankosaurus, and oh. uh, and the 
the the the thing that I, I find it so funny that nowadays you go to a stadium, you can't bring a bottle of water in. And back yeah. back in the 70s when I grew up, they gave out 60,000 bats in Yankee Stadium in the South Bronx. They basically gave out 60,000 weapons. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, and, 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 and half of them are like drinking a lot of beer and they're really drunk, you know, whatever. So the thing, the, the, the story... Which, which was very fun. I look back on that and I go, maybe I was really smart. And again, I was telling uh, my, my daughter's boyfriend uh, what we would do, like we, we were cute little kids. I would get, we would all get a bat, bring it to our seats, and then we'd go up to the usher, to the ticket guy. And, and my, our cute, like I was the cutest guy, but I was, excuse, <laughs> excuse me, sir. Uh, I get a baseball bat. And of course you get another baseball bat. Then you find yeah. another guy and then we get another baseball bat. So we're all <laughs> walking home to the subway with like seven baseball bats. And, and these kids, they came up to us with knives and uh, they want, they said, give us your baseball bat. So we gave them our baseball bats. And, oh, wow. and I, I was, I was thinking back about, uh, about that. Again, it was like, wow, that's funny. Like you would think, like, like, like it's not going to be a fair fight. First, they have knives, and you have baseball bats. Okay, at least you have the bats, and they have the knives. But now yeah. you give, you're giving them the bats. Now they have bats and knives, and now I'm just completely defenseless. The, yeah. The good, the good thing, good thing about that is that when when someone else has seven bats in their hand and knives, and I have nothing in my hands. I could run a lot faster than they did. So, That's so true. we all, so we all ran away and we had enough bats back home because this is something we did all the time. Every year we get our seven bats. So, Wow. Do you still have those bats? No, I mean, I know. no, no, oh, no. That would be fantastic. Right. That would no, be. Every, everybody wanted the Mickey Mantle bat. It would be uh, oh. Mickey Mantle signature on the bat. Of course. Yeah. But that's, that speaks to the resilience that you have. Um, that's a lot. Do you think that you create resilience within your characters? Yes, yes. Uh, this uh, so uh, like a, a couple of them uh, is it, very funny. One one of my favorite characters, Harry Bergreer, and Harry Bergreer. Just the backstory of, of that was. Uh, when I was working in this company about 25 years ago, my daughter was just a little girl. She asked me, like, who do you work for? And I said, I work for this guy, Harry Bergreer. And uh, she goes to me, Daddy, why do you work for a Harry Bergreer? And, <laughs> and, and that's the story. So I have this chapter in the book, Cranky, Crankosaurus Impatience. And, and so this, there was this guy, Harry Bergreer, but everybody called him Harry Bergreer. Oh, and because yeah. everybody called him by his wrong name and not a very nice name, yeah. he, would, he became severely impatient and he had to go to the Institute for Severely Impatient People. And he learned how to be patient. And, you know, like, again, like that cranky moment, he learned like patience and, and and he went on to do great things. Uh, another character that shows up a lot is Mr. Schlemiel, because even I say even that Schlemiel could be, have a cranky superpowers. And in one chapter, 
It's called First Rodeo Crankosaurus. And, uh, and I have fun with that. because and, and I would go a lot of times. I do mediations as an attorney. And you have these attorneys say, like, they want to be tough. And they go, oh, this ain't my first rodeo. Oh, I'm tough. <laughs> and it's funny. Like, I'm, it's a, a mediation in New York. These guys have never been to rodeo. They're not. They're a thousand miles away from the closest rodeo. They don't know anything about a rodeo, but they like to brag that this ain't my first rodeo. And and I also notice that people don't say that about the circus. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Eh, taking the kids to the circus. Oh, you don't look too <laughs> excited about that. Eh, ain't my first circus. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but Mr. Shlemiel, uh he had a chicken farm. There was no chickens on the chicken farm. All the chickens had crossed the road to get to the other side. They crossed the road to get to the other side because the grass is always greener on the other side of the road. So, yeah. so, uh, so he sees the first rodeo competition. And of course he doesn't do well. The first one, the second one, the third one, he's getting legs broken, arms broken, concussions, teeth knocked out. And by the 10th rodeo, He's on the toughest, toughest bull, and he, he ends up go staying on 10 minutes. And, when, of course, when they ask him how did he do it, uh, he goes, hey, ain't my first rodeo. So, again, that okay. perseverance, like he kept falling off the horse, the bull. He kept getting on the horse till, uh, till he found his, his superpower. Now, one of the – common themes is life lessons, right? You, you share a lot of life lessons and how to constantly find ways to better yourself. Did you start out to write that way or was it just something that's ingrained in you to always find ways to help people? Because as a lawyer, you do help people and it's just kind of that servant leader part in you and even as a child you did that with your friends you didn't you, you got the bad guy to go away with your comedy so did you start out writing to help people through sharing life lessons and different ways for them to learn without realizing they were learning um no uh, i mean my my cranky my cranky writings uh, so, so i've written stuff as as an attorney Yep. On negotiation and litigation management, I've written over 24 articles in, in that genre. Uh, and again, to give guidance, to walk people through, to see what is not so clear, that it should be obvious and, and like light, light up the light bulb in people's yep. head. That's what I try to do. Uh, so one example uh, which I love to explain to 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 uh, lawyers is that I, I, I explain that uh, arguments take away your, when it comes to negotiation arguments take away your power and lawyers go what do you mean like I want to argue about this I want to argue about that and I want to argue this they like to argue uh, and then I, I we're preparing for a mediation. We'll, we will argue, we will argue, we'll argue. And I have to stop them. No, the arguments take away your power. And the reason it does is because when you make an argument, the other side will not say, oh my God, CJ argued this. I was so surprised. I'm going to pee in my pants. Oh no. Oh dear me. Oh, 
they already know, they're already prepared for your argument. So if you can imagine, you're telling them exactly what they anticipated you would be saying, they're not going to, so what? So I, I always say, it doesn't mean that you don't argue, but you have to sound factual. You have to say, when I have X, I'm not arguing with you. When I wake up, I have coffee in the morning, you know, sort of thing. It's not, I'm not arguing when I have coffee in the morning. It's, this is just what it is. And, and then when I have this, I, I, I draw certain conclusions. And, and that's how I, I want to present what I have. Uh, Another thing with, with lawyers, I'll just because I like talking about that too, uh, lawyers like to say, we're going to fight fire with fire. And I always have to say, oh, I, this is very interesting. So, uh, so I, I went to the nearest uh, fire, fire station and I asked the fire chief, like, what kind of high impact explosives to use to put out a fire? I'm interested in smoking in bed. Do I use like, I, do I douse the bed with kerosene? And like, how, what kind of matches do I use? And he looked at me and said, no, we actually use water. Can you believe it? Water puts out fire. Who knew? You know. So again, when I talked about like that part, <laughs> what is our water? Water has clarity. It's crystal clear. It puts out the fire. Let's think about that. Again, it's that factual stuff. So, yeah. so, so that's where I'm always coming from, how to find like the obvious in what, what is hidden. And yeah. I have a lot of fun with this in, in the stories I tell. Uh, and uh, the, the, it, a lot of it comes from a, like a work situation. And then, okay, then I, I uh, uh, ha have the stories that follow it and don't, don't even expect it. Or it could have uh, some sort of uh, uh, situation uh, with, with family, like my daughter. So... There's uh, uh, one thing where she, she said she gives me her word that she'll do whatever. And, of course, she doesn't do it. So I, I come up with this story, which I love. Uh, uh, Mr. Spock is interviewing for the first officer job with Captain <laughs> Kirk. Yeah. And Captain Kirk uh, asked, "Will you give me your word that you'll be loyal and trustworthy, and you know, and you know, honorable and all that?" And Mr. Spock says, "No, I, I can't give you my word." And and uh, Captain Kirk can't understand. He goes, "I've interviewed twenty people. They all said they'll give me their word. You won't give me your word, but I will tell you, I will be trustworthy and whatever." And then he tells the story about. Uh, the Vulcan, on the planet Vulcan, there was this one leader who uh, he started a war with the Romulans and saying, oh, they look like us. They're like Vulcans. They'll greet us as liberators. I give you my word. And he, and every year he keeps giving your word. And and I thought it was very interesting on the planet Vulcan. It, it just happened that people kept giving their words, never keeping their words. And they were no longer able to communicate. So if you think, yeah. if you gave all your words away, can't talk. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, I, I, so Mr. Spock explained that after they found, they discovered that this, the, 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 the elders, the elder statement, statesman discovered that people who kept their word and not give their word were, you know, like they were able to communicate. So they made a law 
that you were required to keep your word. If you're, especially if you're a politician, if you give your word, it's punishable by death. You know, so, so, mm. uh, so Captain Kirk did hire Mr. Spock, uh, and they did end up doing great things. But uh, so I thought it was was interesting, like keeping your word as opposed to giving your word. And, but in yeah. keeping your word, you keep your word, and people. Uh, and that could be a, a superpower because people could rely on you and, yeah. and they know that you're good for what you say and you I, get, you get that job as Mr. Spock and you do Star Trek and then they, you have movies. Right. You know, and then there's sequels because. <laughs> I think it's that, I think that's a, a, powerful lesson keeping your word because you can give your word all day oh yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that but actually yeah. doing it putting it into implication like like actually getting it done is way more powerful than saying you're gonna do it so what does your family think about your cranky superpowers uh they 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 find it amusing they you know, so- <laughs> You're like, I don't know if I want to talk about this uh, camera. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, so they, uh, um, like my wife actually, she, she gets more, she gets excited about the kids' books. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, because I have an amazing illustrator uh, out in uh, Nottingham, England. Uh, so uh, it's, it's crazy that, that, and that to me is like, like I write a story and, uh, and, and then he brings it to life. Like I'll describe what I'm looking for. And he, he goes like three, three yards past that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, like, it's such a delight. You get, I got the new pictures. I get to check it out. And so, you know, that, that's the the, the exciting thing. And then, and then uh, people get family and people that they get like, you know, you give them the book and they don't know what's inside yet, but you, you see like, like this is my, my last noodles book, you know? So it's like, it's, whoa, you know, it's just uh, like, it's kind of easier, like more like, like, Oh, I'm curious about that. So, right. So, well, both of them are fun. I, 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 I'm actually quite excited with the cranky superpowers book, uh, how people get it. Uh, like, so I have a bunch of reviews so far on Amazon, uh, in different countries. And it's like, wow, they get it where they, they are entertained, but they find that things pr- thought provoking, insightful, yep. like, oh, wow, they got it. Like, you, you, you know, sometimes people like, I don't get it, you know, it's just, but they, they actually get it. So, and they're all having the same experience. And that, that to me is like, the most exciting thing. Absolutely. When growing up, a lot of people would say that my grandmother, God rest her soul. She was, man, she's so grumpy. Like why, why can't she just be happy? I'm like, she's not grumpy. She's just, you know, she's just going to tell you, you know, what, what needs to be said. She's got a lot on her mind. And so when you say cranky superpowers and I read, you know, the premise and all the other stuff, I was like, 
man, I've got to finish reading this full story because mm -hmm. it's like, it's like visiting her all over again and, and the multiple characters and stuff like that. So bravo for putting that. I think a lot of people are going to connect with it because they're going to see a lot of their elders in there as well as some modern day folks that they uh, experience. So it's, it's very fascinating. Uh, very, like you said, thought provoking, um, and it's extremely interesting. What is the one thing that you hope people experience when reading the uh, Cranky Superpowers? Uh, I, I hope that they, when they finish the book, they look at things, they'll never look at things the same again. Yeah. They'll never, like so many different situations like I'm redoing the Cinderella story that's so different. I redo the Wizard of Oz uh, that that's so different with the lion getting to eat the wizard. Uh, like they'll read that story. Yeah, that's how it should have been. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so, so like in that story, like with um, Dorothy and, and the wizard, oh, I have this hot air balloon. It's like every, all, every, all the other characters saying, are you crazy? Didn't Auntie M tell you never go in the hot air balloon with strangers? You know, like this old man. So like you're you're like 14 years old. Who does that? And uh uh just uh I don't know, it was like some of the stuff when I I like I how did I come up with that? Where uh where the scarecrow uh uh he he says, I, I saw this movie Young Frankenstein the other day, and I, I saw that. This guy had a, a more on brain. That's why I want I want a more on brain. And the Tin Man has to correct correct the scarecrow. No, I saw the movie too. It's a moron brain. So, okay. So Scarecrow says, okay, I want a less on brain. And the funny thing about that, less on spells lesson. So, so. Oh, I just got that when you said it. Like I'm the moron here, so it worked so, out pretty well. So it's like it was very funny just seeing the spelling, and then the lion gets to eat the uh, eat uh, the, the wizard. So uh, so that was that. So you read it it's like yeah, that was like it wasn't the wonderful wizard of he's like a shyster. Yeah, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just like, and uh, and he gets to be eaten, which is like one of my favorite parts of the book. Yeah. I think a lot of people pick that apart later on after the fantastical part of it. Um, so I, I like that, that twist on it. Where can people go and grab your books at when they want to dive into the wonderful world of Stephen Joseph? It, well, they could, you could go to Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, all those book websites, you'll find it. And if you, want to make a pit stop, you go to stephenchosephauthor.com. And there's my blog, my award-winning blog. So you could like, like uh, have a, some taste, you know, like, you know, appetizers uh, before you get the main meal, you stop off at stephenchosephauthor.com and you get the, you know, you, hmm, now I'm getting hungry. And then you go yeah. to Amazon and then you buy the book. Yeah. So that that's sure. that's my uh, my recommendation, and and of course the appetizers are free. It's like happy hour, you know, like like free hors d'oeuvres, you know, like 
uh, buy one, get two drinks free, you know, sort of thing. So you, you can kind of get like, you know, oh, this is good. Yeah. And, you know, they, they put out those nuts that makes you thirstier and right. you know, keep eating nuts and you have oh, another <laughs> beer. And, you, and then, so then you, you have to go buy the book. Right. We like the free stuff. We like the appetizers. Like I don't go to a restaurant without an appetizer. I'm sorry, yeah. but I have to have a little taste first. Yes. Yeah. So we come to the part of the show where I um, sit here and I ask that I talk too much because if I did, I want to make sure you have your time to talk about anything I did not bring up during the show. Is there anything we missed out on that you want to make sure we talk about? What's next? What's coming up? Where can we go and find you at um, things that you're going to be a part of? Like we know you're going to be a part of Jingle Books on the 2nd of December. Super stoked about that because we always get some great stuff there. But where other things are coming down the tube that we need to be aware of? Oh, I, I'm I'm so excited about my next Snoodle Snoodles book. Again, it's like, wow, that was a great idea. So it's <laughs> Snoop, Snoodles in Space, Episode 2, The Zoodles Strike Back. And what I love about that, and, and you know, I, I my, my illustrator oh, you have to, oh, like, he wants to write it for free. You have to write another story. It's like, I can't just write a story about nothing. I can write a story just to entertain, but I want it to mean something. Yeah. So, so the light bulb went in my head. Uh, I was thinking of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and you have Charlie, the nice boy, and the heroes. It, but these, there was these other kids that it didn't turn out so well for them. And I'm thinking about that story where, like, all of the media was there and, you know, cameras and what, and, and so I was thinking of how embarrassed it was for these kids. They were shamed, whatever. And, and, you know, kids getting, being shamed and, you know, like kids are mean to others sometimes. So I took those kids and they made them the heroes in the story. So I redid almost like redid the Charlie and the chocolate Fa factory. So I have Chucky Chaka doodle and he has the schlumpa doodles and uh, and they were making these drinks that only schlumpadoodles were supposed to drink. And Frippy Frumpy Froodle uh, grabs the Fitzy Witsy Papadoodle. And then you have uh, Wimpy Whiny Woodle uh, doing the Swizzly Twizzly Slimeadoodle. And you know, so Frippy Frumpy ends up popping, and 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 Swiss and, and Wimpy Whiny uh, ends up in turning into a bucket of slime. <laughs> we always so, love slime. <laughs> yes. So, so the the thing about it, they end up like saving the planet uh, from everybody being turned into willy nilly noodles and dilly dally doodles. Uh, so, <laughs> dilly dally doodles. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like that. So, and and another thing about all all my snoodle books is that. Uh, so they also clean out the oceans uh, with the, these vacuodoodles uh, that sucks up all the gruel from the oceans because uh, that, that was causing problems. Uh, so they get to have a, a, an aquarium. So every book I have, every every Snoodles book, I want to have a museum in the book. Like so, in the first book, her uh, there's an art museum being built in the. Uh, uh, second book is Snoodles in Space. Uh, uh, there's a, uh, uh, a space exploration museum. So now yeah. I have an aquarium and water park. Oh, nice. And it's, 
And it's so exciting. Like I already saw the drawings for the aquarium. And really? Yeah, it's just incredible. Well, I see myself losing my voice again because, well, my kids are grown, so I don't have small kids at home anymore. Um, but I read it to Elvis and I end up trying to read it in your voice because I can hear it in my, I hear you because I've heard you read your books at uh, many different events. So I hear your voice in my head when I'm reading oh. the book. So I try to do it and then I end up losing my voice. And my husband's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I tried to read it in the author's voice and it didn't work oh. out too well but it's so much more fun it, because it's just it's very captivating so i see myself losing my voice again as i read the third book when it comes out so super stoked about that um really excited everyone go to stephenjosephauthor.com you can see the entire portfolio that stephen has and also up to date of all the events stephen is an extremely busy individual when it's not let me tell you, when he's not doing the 30-year lawyer thing, he's on a podcast probably one a day, I wouldn't doubt. And then he's got events. Are you going to the, the what is it? The uh, Oh, I just lost my words. The suite um, where they're, the, not the, I watched CMAs last night, so I've got CMAs in my head. It was the Oscars. I went to the Oscars, Oscars. this past year. Yeah, so you were at the Oscars, giving away books at the Oscars, like, wow. And now writing books, running marathons, taking cityscape pictures and flowers in New York. It's like, I've got to really do something to try to get on your level. All authors do. So I've had a great time talking to you tonight well, thank you. and um, I can't wait to read the next book. I follow your career. You know, I'm always liking all of your content because it's fabulous authors go and follow Stephen Joseph author and really understand what it's like to put out great content because it's fabulous. So this is the point where we say goodbye, but I know I'll see you again over with uh, the book fest, jingle book, speech bound book bash, all that fun stuff, because we have a great time. You guys go follow all of those brands as well, because they have fantabulous authors uh, like Stephen Joseph, who are making a, I won't say splash. They're making like a cannonball in the book world and they have fantastic books. We'll see you guys next time on the author's porch. Bye everybody. Bye Stephen. We'll see you later. Bye. Take care. Thank you.